I'm Adam Coleman, inviting you to the fifth season of The Cosmic Library from LitHub. This season, we go on our tiniest reading adventure yet, into short stories in the U.S. But this too turns out to be almost all-encompassing. I think short stories are essentially brief encounters with felt life. That's Oxford literary scholar Andrew Kahn, who gives us a deep history of the short story. And we hear from The New Yorker's Deborah Treisman, who explains her work as an editor of short fiction. You know, if you are melding with another person, you don't turn that person into you, but you get to know the ins and outs of that person. So, and it's, it's sort of like that. I always feel involved with the stories. We bounce around between the history and current life of short stories with the novelist Justin Taylor. The nice thing about it going out of fashion is that it really frees you up to relate to it in a different way. This being the Cosmic Library, we make sure to go way beyond U.S. short stories, too. Here's the Washington Post critic, Becca Rothfeld. A lot of Kafka short stories, I think, gesture at or describe um, sort of nightmarish geographies or architectures. And the actor Max Gordon Moore reminds us just how wild short stories can be. With a reading in its entirety of Wakefield, the intensely strange, classic Nathaniel Hawthorne story. He had contrived, or rather he had happened, to dissever himself from the world, to vanish. Get ready for all that and more in a season about short stories, small windows into vast universes. It's season five of The Cosmic Library, available soon wherever you go for podcasts. Welcome to the Maris Review, brought to you by LitHub Radio. Nicole Dennis-Ben is the author of Here Comes the Sun and the new novel Patsy. I am so grateful I got to talk to her. And a couple of minutes of our interview were corrupted, so I wanted to give you a little background on why her book is so special. When the title heroine gets visa approval, she jumps at the chance to move to New York City, leaving behind all she knows of her home in Jamaica, including her five-year-old daughter. Patsy reminds us that it's still radical for a young woman to pursue her own desires and ambitions and sexuality. It's a bittersweet meditation on ambivalent motherhood and personal satisfaction, as well as the assigned roles we would do anything to break away from, no matter what the cost. In the show notes, you'll find a link to Nicole's excellent recent New York Times piece about her own ambivalence about motherhood, which feels so related to the novel in that they both break taboos in, in a lovely, transcendent way. Would you do us the honor of reading an excerpt from the book? Definitely. Patsy, you're not getting what I'm saying, Fiona says, lowering the ammonia bottle. People die to get into this country. You think we have the luxury of choosing how to stay? So what if it's a sham marriage that might require sex? A little sex don't compare to the shame of getting sent home with just two long hands. Alric knows that. He knows we have to protect ourselves and love small. Because if we delude ourselves into thinking we got a choice, then we end up with nothing. We end up with broken hearts and hungry families. We're only catching here. One mistake and we're gone. This is not our country. And immigration will do everything they can to remind us of that. We have neither the right nor permission to enjoy human things like Americans. Vacation, rest, strolling in the park, the sunset. Who are we to do that when we're taking up space, taxes, and air according to them? They have all the power to punish us for stealing from them for daring to think we can dream, much less love. 
(laughs) Heartbreaking. And yet I'm going to go back a bit and try to reintroduce that part. Um, Because basically you you were talking about how America is supposed to be streets paved with gold and the immigrant fantasy. But then, of course, when Patsy arrives in America, she learns that she's not even allowed to take a vacation. She can't have a sick day. Right. She can't enjoy nature. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Everything is about survival. So working 24-7 for sure. And then, of course... She she comes to America to find her best friend. Yes, Cicely. Cicely. And Cicely is in an unhappy marriage. Yes. And she's done it for, for the green card, we, yes. we think. Yeah, exactly. So Cicely, you know, yes, she she did it for the car, the green card for sure. And also Cicely is also married to this um ideal, this American dream, mm-hmm. you know, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, so for her, it's really, you know, um, latching on to this man who has money and and status. And, you know, that was her, what she wanted and, you know, she got it. But then realizing that she imprisoned herself in the meantime, because here she has Patsy. I mean, it's not that she doesn't love Patsy or right. want to be with her, but when she comes here, what Patsy can give her in this new country, in this new realm, versus what Marcus, the, her husband, can provide. Though he's abusive um, in every way possible, you know, she chooses that. And so, you know, um, I, I think of Cicely as the most tragic character in the book, um, really. Um, but kind of want, I, I wanted to use that character in a way where... Um, because I wanted to show that they, there are so many Sicilies that exist, yes. you know, and I know some of them personally as well. And, um, you know, they come here to America and they, they have some semblance of that quote unquote American dream. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who sell the fantasy home back to Jamaica saying, oh, we're living great. Right. Everything is all is amazing. And then you come into their homes when we do get that chance to visit and you realize, oh, nothing is as perfect as what it seems. And so that was really something I wanted to, um, to tap into. So she has a a beautiful brownstone, but her husband seemingly um, is the leader of gentrification to the the neighborhood. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) And so one of one of the great ironies of Patsy, the book, is that Patsy leaves her daughter behind in Jamaica. Right. But then, of course, finds work eventually in America as a nanny. Right. And that, um, you know, again, you know, giving Patsy that that kind of a job here, it was was definitely a a big irony because here she is grappling with motherhood Mm -hmm. and then, you know, to end up as a nanny of all things. Um, And that was really something that made that character really like think um, about this, um, what she was running away from in the beginning mm-hmm. and th- um, inciting that guilt again because I didn't want to let Patsy off fr- um, freely right. like that. You know, I wanted to still give her that internal conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, so the next best thing was her being that nanny. And that character really was inspired too by, um, of course, you know, living in a place like New York City. We yes. see them all the time. You know, for me, uh, being Jamaican, I always wanted, I always ended up thinking to myself, wow, you know, who are these women? I'm wanting so much to explore the complexities, you know, the, the lives they left behind when they came right. here to America and who are they now? And so I wanted to really humanize them. I mean, not that they're not humans um, in terms of we see them every single day, but at the same we time, don't hear their what are their interiors, yeah. Yeah, inter- interior lives? Yeah. And so Patsy represents that for me, for sure. And I love some of the depictions of the mostly women who she works for. Right. Yes. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, she, I mean, definitely like seeing the different um, versions of motherhood um, yes. in the book, you know, and this, um, you know, her, uh, grow, I feel like she's also growing as a character as well, you know, interacting with these different mothers. And really, as, as she's about to judge, she realizes that, oh, that, you know, that's right. not too far-fetched from who I am, you know, or what I used to do or what I did. Um, so I wanted to really, um, you know, actually um, just write that um, complex character um, so that there's no, like I said, there's no black and white. It's all right. gray. Yeah. And and I, I do love that Patsy ends up working for a woman on the Upper West Side who goes into her office for hours at a time right. to write. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. And, and I assume that's a little bit you in terms kind of... of. I mean, having the time and space, at least, to pursue writing. Actually, really, the first person that asked that question. <laughs> um, so that, like, uh, that character, for me, was kind of like that character that I didn't want to be. And uh, <laughs> I was so afraid of. That's why when, you know, you, you know, contemplating motherhood. Right. And for me, being a writer, that was one of the biggest fears. Like, oh, my gosh, I, w- I would be that writer who locks right. myself in the room just to work. And, you know, from um, people who are not writers or in this world don't know how how stressful it is to create these yes. books and characters. And so I wanted to explore that more. But really, I was writing out my own fears on the page <laughs> and having, you know, Patsy critique that, you know. Um, so it was really this back and forth conversation I was having with myself as I was creating these scenes between Patsy and um, and Thomas's mother. And, and there is a bit of... There's freedom in the ability to go lock yourself in a little room. Right, yes, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Creative freedom, personal freedom, for sure. Another thing I loved about the book was Patsy is very unimpressed with authentic, quote-unquote, Jamaican restaurants and cooking. Yes. As we're speaking, I was thinking, oh, my gosh. Okay, so another gripe. You know, I (laughs) existing here in America, especially in Brooklyn, I, I mean, I find great Jamaican restaurants all the time. But most time is so few and f- so few of them can really remind me of really what I miss at home, like a really good home cooked oxtail right. stew. And you know, I I th- I wanted to um even like kind of make fun of those Jamaican restaurants that pop up. Yeah, that's not owned by Jamaicans, right. so they kind of capitalize off you know the the name Jamaica and also Bob Marley. Yes. And so I wanted to like critique that you know um, yes because I, I get so frustrated like why are you guys doing this like can you like not you know use the, the name Jamaica because one thing is that people who are not familiar with Jamaican food would sit there and eat and and think to themselves oh this is Jamaican food and what if they don't like it then that kind of you know turn them away from our foods perhaps you know for for good I hadn't considered that part okay of yeah <laughs> well that yeah. was our fear that's yeah. not, another four fears but yeah so I wanted to really critique those places Bob Marley is taken over by Anyone, everyone, who, everyone yeah, them. yes, definitely. That's how you sell Jamaican culture. Just sure, say Bob Marley or say weed. And you know, in my first <laughs> book, that we, I was really I wrote against that with Here Comes the Sun, right? And I think I'm doing it with Patsy as well, but in a, in a different way. Because I mean, how ironic, for example, um, how ironic that our culture get exported and accepted, um, mm-hmm. especially here. But then we are not as immigrants. Um, right. You know, and so that was something, too, that I wanted to, um, that I was questioning with that as well. And you also get into the tourism part of Jamaica, yes, of course. definitely. And, and um, the American bird's eye view of, of what's happening on the island, which, right. of course, is not. Yeah, I mean, you know, who, like not seeing the people behind that fantasy, you know, mm-hmm. and that was really something that meant... Um, 
more for me to write about. And then of course coming here and you know, the same questions get asked like, oh my gosh, you're from a beautiful country. Why would you guys leave? Why would you, what, right. what are you guys doing here? Not realizing that, you know, we're running away from a lot in a country that doesn't really work hard to keep us there. Doesn't really work right. hard to give us opportunity to be upward, upwardly mobile. And I wanted to really um, use Patsy to talk about that as well. And also the irony of it all, that we are also doing the same very thing with America. We're seeing it from a bird's eye view sure. um, in the beginning, like, oh my God, it's a paradise. But then we come here and we see the other side. So I feel like every everybody, um, I guess, you know, we, we tend to do that um, no matter who we are. When we actually see a place close up, that's when we see the reality, the sure. true realities. Uh, there, there's a line I love in which Patsy thought she knew about loneliness. Mm. But she's surprised to learn that it exists in America because right. on TV, you have friends stopping over all the time, like before exactly. breakfast, before you go to work. Like, how do these people do this? Right. How right. do they find the time and like the transportation? To... Exactly. And that's another thing, too. Like, you know, you watch these sitcoms and you feel like, oh, America is just this one cozy place. You know, sitcoms like Friends and The Cosby yeah. Show or even like um, All in the Family. All these like, you know, every like there's a laughing track and, you know, the mm-hmm. random neighbors that just pop up. And you're like, you would never be, you, you never see anyone alone on right. TV. And so, like, this sort of like how the media is so, like plays such a huge role in the, in creating this fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I loved how you really dug in and had Patsy be solitary for quite a while. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and making the reader experience that profound that loneliness. loneliness. Yeah. 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 Because it can be re- it can be hugely d- disappointing. Um, one person asked me before, like, what is it like to be an immigrant? Um, like the first few days of immigrating to a country, knowing you will never be back home. Right. And I, al- I always dis- define it as painful. Um, you know, painful in that like there's this crushing awareness now that you're here in a new place. You're often by yourself, and then of course realizing that you there's just a one way ticket. And right. so you know, going through that those motions of kind of acculturating, assimilating, like how, mm-hmm. you know, it's not easy to navigate. So I wanted to put Patsy in that place for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's here's a headline I came across from December 2018 in The okay. Guardian. Uh, Welcome to Jamaica, no longer the most homophobic place on earth. Mm. Okay. Is that news to you? <laughs> um, that's news to me. I, I really don't, you know... That's one of the things too. And oh my gosh, I'm not going to get in trouble for this. So there's this thing called Brand Jamaica, right? Um, given that tourism is such is our number one revenue, right? a lot of people who are behind that Brand Jamaica, the whole concept of selling Jamaica to the world, yes. means that you have to also sweep certain things under the, under mm. the carpet. Homophobia is one of them. And so, you know, God forbid, you know, you have, you want tourists to come to the island, but then, oh, there's a news about somebody like a a lesbian or a gay person being attacked or a trans person um, being attacked on the streets, given that we have such a huge homeless population on the streets of Kingston now Mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, young LGBT folks, they're living there because there's nobody there to take them in. And so for me, um, I get angry when I hear those headlines because those headlines say to me that you guys don't care about what's really going on on the island. You'd rather sell, save face than help us. And so that's what I write against usually. And, you know, I will continue writing against it. And, and then of course, Abortion is also illegal. Yes, in abortion is illegal in Jamaica. And now we just get to watch it right. <laughs> maybe become right. And, that, in that, and that, that was another irony too. Like here we are, you know, come like running away. Yes. And then you know, to come back to see it 
here in that fantasy world as well so again it goes to show that you know no place is really that different um and i mean of course the reality is so bleak but at the same time you know forcing people to really look and see all angles um and the saying that well you know there's there's good and bad everywhere yeah yeah but that was really disappointing when i saw that news as well (laughs) let's talk about books you've been reading and oh yeah enjoying (laughs) Or books that informed your writing of this book? Yeah, okay. So let me start out with books that inform my writing of Patsy, for yeah. sure. Um, so, you know, I always say, like, I'm an avid reader of Toni Morrison, um, Edwidge Danticat, mm-hmm. um, Jamaica Kincaid, sure. you know, um, Zora Neale Hurston. Um, I always have those books around when I'm writing. Sure. You know, um, and in terms of new works, when I'm reading, like, you know, just to read for fun. I've been reading a lot of memoirs lately. Um, I don't know why, though. Because, um, you know, I'm a, fic- I'm a fiction writer. You don't have the, the desire to try memoir yeah i did have the, i did okay. play around with the desire but then when i look around i'm like you know writing these essays like for example writing for the new york times yeah when the copy editor is like are you sure this person is okay with being spoken about oh, and i'm like yes. if i have to do that for four five hundred <laughs> pages i'm like life. no yeah so i'm i kind of backed away and say you know what let me hide behind characters yeah it's, it's safer mm-hmm. that way but but somehow though my subconscious is like probably looking at memoirs i don't know but that's what I've been reading lately. So Heavy by Keith Lemon oh, has been so on my good. list. In fact, I, do, I have it here in my bag because I've been carrying it around with me to different places. Also Sarah Bloom, I'm sorry, Sarah Broom, um, The Yellow House, which is coming oh, out in yes. August. Yes, I got the chance to read that early and I really enjoy it. And, you know, um, what else was I, was I reading? Um, Warson Shears, um, Teaching My Mother How to Give Birth. Oh. That, that was really amazing. Um, that was the first time I actually read anything by her. And so, of course, Beyonce was the one who made, quote unquote, yes, made her made, popular yes. or famous. But I <laughs> love sitting with her words, you know, in that book. And also, you know, her immigration story and, you know, all the things about women's bodies, which I experienced in my own work. Um, so I actually used one of her lines in Patsy, you know, um, you know, maybe home is a place that we don't know um, where, where we probably have never been, but where we're probably going or I've never been. And I think um, to me... It's important for me to actually read works by authors who kind of tackle similar themes as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still like to kind of be adventurous sometimes as well. Um, so that um, so now I'm actually looking to start a new book. My Mira... Gosh, am I, why am I Mira Jacobs. Mira Jacobs' new book. Yeah, because I mean, it's all... I mean, I've never read um, anything like that before. And so I'm like, oh, let me see what this is about. You know, a visual... Um, graphic gra- memoir. Right, the graphic yeah. memoir, right. So that's on my next reading list. Oh, good. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. Definitely. Um, And what are you watching or listening to oh, whatever you I'm always watching something um or listening to something. I'm a big music fan. I love Jay-Z. So I've been listening to a lot of Jay-Z. Um of course um Beyonce's documentary just came out yes. coming. Yes. And I've been watching that on repeat since it came out on Netflix. <laughs> I, I enjoy that. I also love the Chai on Showtime. Oh um, yeah. by Lena Waite. Yes. That's a very complex um um story about place as well. I love how she's like, you know, you know, you hear about Chicago you hear about the gun violence right but what she does she explores family and community and um you know of course there's a backdrop of violence but more she plays up the family and community component there's this new show um 
as well and stars is like two, about two latina sisters vida vida yes yes i've only seen the poster for oh, okay, it okay, so okay, I, right, yes. i'm not gonna be the yeah, most i enjoyed oh, season one so okay. season two starts on sunday so i'm looking forward to that as well i gotta get on stars yes exactly <laughs> and i know um so one of the things is that like i feel like with writing it takes up so much of our minds usually yeah so when i relax it's really like relax like i don't want to think about anything i just want to just like just you know do something other than read and write so tv like film is my next best thing so that's why i'm like rattling them off just like that because i love that yeah that makes sense yeah how about in terms of depictions of modern day jamaica aside Mm. from your own work yes the pictures of modern modern day jamaicans um there is another book that, that actually came out, I think it was last year, that I'm really curious to read. Um, Melissa um, Do, that's her name, um, Do Angels. Um, it's set in Jamaica. Um, it's by an actually up-and-coming Jamaican author. And I love how she writes about colorism and classism as well. Um, so really, I, I think for me, I gravitate towards the Jamaican books that really tell us the truth about Jamaica, right. not just the beaches and how beautiful our hills are, but something that mm-hmm. would actually capture really the essence of the culture and really what's going on on the island. Thank you for joining us, Nicole. Oh, wow. yes. Yeah, Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Maris Review and check the show notes for the books we discussed on here today. And please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.